Genesis 1 and 2, God creates the world, everything's great. 3 is awful. 4 through the rest of the Bible is how God's redeeming us back. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, and the president of Dayspring Bible College in Mundelein, Illinois. Hi, welcome to In Grace on this Thursday, August 11th. I'm glad that you're listening today, either to our radio program or our podcast. You can find the podcast, by the way, on any podcast outlet that you use, and uh, we can give that to you every day, uh, Monday through Friday. And then also, In Grace can be heard on over 500 radio stations. So many of you are listening on one of the networks that carry us, American Family Radio, uh, VCY America, uh, we have the Christian Satellite Network and others that carry in grace. And we're so thankful for all of you. And we would love to hear where you're listening from. So contact us. You can call us at 1-800-78-GRACE, 1-800-78-GRACE, or go to ingraceradio.com. And there, let us know the station you're listening to. And uh, we'd love to give feedback to the stations to thank them for airing in grace. We're thankful that God allows us to have the impact we do for the gospel and for souls. Today, we're in our series called Answers. It's answering Bible questions from people like you. Uh, today, we're going to answer, the first question is a really good question. If God establishes people in government, why would he allow a governor who supports abortion to be elected? And in our state of Illinois, we certainly have that. Our governor, J.B. Pritzker, said he wants to make Illinois the most pro-choice uh, state. I, I would call it pro-death state because we say a woman shouldn't um, take meth while she's pregnant or drink alcohol, which I believe that's true. They, they shouldn't. Why? Because it's not her own body anymore. It's the it's the innocent body of another human being. But it's okay to, to kill that child. You know, it doesn't make any sense. But why would God, if he's in charge, allow that? Well, I'm going to cover that biblically and give you a biblical answer to that. But that's a good question. Uh, somebody else was asking about where did the people come from when uh, their son was cast out of the of uh, Eden or out of the, the whole area. And Adam and Eve had already been cast out, but then Cain was was moved and it talked about people being in that land. Where did those people come from? The land of Nod. And that's a good question. Somebody asked, since there's a lot of psychologists and therapists that promote self-love, I was wondering if this is a humanistic philosophy or one that is scriptural. So good questions. We're going to give you biblical answers today here in Ingrace. Some of you said, hey, how can I get this entire answer series? Well, we, we have the entire series now on a CD set, and you can get it when you contact Ingrace, 1-800-78-GRACE, or go to ingraceradio.com. Here's another very similar question. If God establishes people in government... Why would he allow a governor who supports abortion to be elected? That's my question, right? Why? The question is valid because Romans 13, it tells us that uh, there's no power but of God, the powers be that are ordained of God. So any power in the world has been allowed by God to be in that position, okay? Now, is that the best thing? No, but God has allowed it for a reason, for it. Uh, for a, a purpose. Now, by the way, I think if we, if we were able to change the law in Illinois on abortion, let's say, it's not going to stop abortion. They're still going to happen. What we need to do is, is share the gospel. 
That's the only hope. That's the only real solution. Now, I think we should change the laws. We should protect the most vulnerable, the most innocent. The, the, the child has no voice. We should be people that will protect that life and the life of the elderly, by the way. Um, in Canada, they're opening up uh, uh, a suicide, assisted suicide, more and more and more for many, many reasons. And we need, to, we need to protect both spectrums or someone that's handicapped. We need to protect that life as a life that is given by God. So we know that sometimes God allows people that are wicked to be in positions of authority. We know that for sure. Um, I'm going to give you an example of that in a second. And that is Pharaoh. But speaking of Pharaoh, I was once in Egypt and we were on a tour and the tour stopped at a small shop. And the guide told us that this is an Egyptian uh, rug factory. And these are beautiful Persian rugs. And these are all handmade. And they're just exquisite. They're beautiful. You may want to get one for your wife. Hint, hint. And I'm sure Mr. Guide got a portion of that sale. So... I'm like, okay, this is cool. I want to see how they make silk rugs. That's cool. So we go inside, and the first thing I saw was this rug hanging, and I tell you, it was the ugliest thing I'd ever seen. It was not exquisite. It was not beautiful. Uh, you know, they had told us that it has a sheen, and a, it changes colors as you walk around it, and it's just this work of art. I'm like, this is the ugliest thing I've ever seen. I, I would never buy something like this, to my wife's disappointment. And what in the world? Well, I walked around to the other side and I realized I had been looking at the back of the rug. And I got to the other side and truly it was a masterpiece. It was absolutely beautiful. The most amazing thing I've ever seen. It went from something that I may have not even put in the garage to something that I would put in the main part of the house because uh, I had been looking at it from the wrong side. And I really think that as in many things in life, we're not going to be able to fully understand the big picture until we get to the other side, okay? And I truly believe this. There's going to be a ton of things in your life you're not going to understand. You say, how could God allow that? Why would God do that? Listen, just trust him. He knows what he's doing. He's much bigger than us. One day, we'll be able to see it all. But today, let's just trust the one that is, is doing a good work in our life, okay? Let's just trust him. So let's go back to Pharaoh since we're in Egypt. Um, in Romans 19, it says in verse 17 that the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, and this is, of course, the Pharaoh of the Exodus, the one that came into power that started to put the, the children of Israel into slavery. They were before that flourishing and growing and, and, and doing great. And then he saw that they were a threat, and he says, we're going to make them suffer. We're going to make them work. We're going to kill off the male uh, babies, the whole story of Moses. So that's the Pharaoh we're going to talk about. Wicked, wicked, wicked man. You know, I don't even know if you could find someone with more evil in his heart than this Pharaoh. Even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. God will even allow a wicked man like Pharaoh to be in power for a greater good. We won't understand it all, but we just need to trust the Lord and allow him to do what he knows uh, is best for us. And by the way, as far as which governor we have, we probably deserve the governor that we have. I'm just saying, as a country, we've turned away from God. 
We've elevated everything else in his place, and we have not protected the life of the unborn. Uh, we have, uh, we have uh, created this environment where now people are confused about what gender they are, and so it's probably exactly what, what we deserve. Um, the next question is this. Where did the people come from when Adam, Eve, and their sons were cast out of the garden? The Bible talks about other people in the world during that time. Uh, for example, the people in the land of Nod and Cain's wife. Where did these people come from? Excellent question. Okay, one, one quick point of clarification. When we read the story of Adam and Eve getting kicked out of the garden, uh, we don't read about their sons being cast out of the garden. So the question might not be accurate in that sense. So let's just go through it real quick and understand it. Genesis 1 and 2, God creates the world, everything's great. Wonderful, beautiful, incredible. Paradise. And then chapter 3. Very soon after, sin enters the world, death by sin, we've messed up, they get kicked out of the garden. Genesis 3 is awful. 1 and 2 is great, 3 is awful, 4 through the rest of the Bible is how God's redeeming us back. Okay? Pretty simple. So I believe that Genesis 3 happened before Cain and Abel were born, the first sons of Adam and Eve. So I believe it was just Adam and Eve kicked out of the garden. That's my, my opinion. But after they got kicked out of the garden, then I believe children came. So then we turn to the chapter of Genesis 4. Adam knew his wife Eve. So this is the first time we read about children being born. She conceived and bare Cain and said, I've gotten a man from the Lord. And then verse two, uh, she brings forth Abel. Uh, another son is born, and he was the keeper of the sheep. Cain was a tiller of the ground. Now, there's a big whole long story here we don't have time to get into, but basically, Cain murders Abel because he was jealous and upset that Abel's sacrifice was accepted by God, and Cain's wasn't. The first murder, I mean, it's just like we've just gone downhill from there, right? Sin and enter the world, and then murder. Can you believe a brother would kill a brother? Well, this is, this is what sin does. This is what pride does. This is not what God designed. This is not what God intended. But this is the result of our disobedience. These things are part of our world. So Cain is punished by sending him out, um, making him a vagabond. Uh, Cain is, uh, is basically banished to be alone and, and out there. And then he further moves himself away from the presence of God in something called the land of Nod. Now, the land of Nod is not what you do in the pew Sunday mornings while I preach, okay? I mean, unless you're nodding in agreement, but if you're nodding off, there's a problem there. The land of Nod is actually, the, the word Nod means vagrancy, okay? So it's this idea of a, a, a place where, and it might be named after Cain because he was given this curse. Now, let me just say this. God marked Cain, the Bible tells us, and some people say that the mark, and the reason God marked Cain was so no one would kill him. God even showed mercy. He, your punishment is you're going to be isolated, but, but no one is allowed to kill you. So who would have killed him? That's the question, right? Who was around then if it was just Adam and Eve, and then they just had Cain and Abel? Okay, but, and real quick, let me mention this. Some people have said the mark of Cain was dark skin. Okay? That is not a biblical concept. Okay? The mark of Cain, we don't know what it was, but it was some sort of a mark that God put on him that 
would forbid anyone to, to harm him, to, to kill him. It's not dark skin. And if it were, Cain's line would have died in the flood, right? Probably, unless one of Noah's daughters-in-law were from Cain, but I believe they were probably all from Seth, the one that was born after Abel. That's the godly line that eventually came Jesus. But so I think that Cain's line probably died in the flood, and so I'm positive that the curse of Cain, the mark of Cain, is not dark skin. That has been something that has been used by racists, and that is not a biblical concept. We reject that. Anyways, so we go on and we understand that there were people around, right? Who would these people have been? Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden. The garden was protected. No one could go back in there. So, but the world was being populated. Look at Genesis 5.4. The days of Adam, after he had begotten Seth, were 800 years, and he begot sons and daughters. Adam and Eve were very productive. It wouldn't have been 18 kids and counting. It would have been, I don't know, 200 kids and counting. Um, you say, well, how long would they have been able to bear children? Well, they lived to be 900 or, or older, okay? And so if you extrapolate how long is a woman able to bear children roughly around 20 years now and multiply that by 10, you're talking about 200 years of childbirth. You think after the first 50 years, she would say not again, you know, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. But many, many, many children were born of Adam and Eve and of course they would have had children. Obviously, someone, Cain, or someone had to marry a sister. You say, oh, you can't do that. Well, remember, the reason for this was because of uh, genetic problems, right? We find that in the scripture later on in, in, uh, in the Bible. There's genetic problems that enter, and God says, don't do that. Don't marry someone close to you. And now we, we, we know the dangers of that. Okay, so, but that wasn't part of the problem back then. The gene pool was a lot deeper back then. And uh, someone had to marry a sister or a niece, and that's where Cain would have gotten his wife, and where the people would have been populated. We don't know how long the sin of Cain and Abel happened after they were kicked out of the garden after, but they were old enough to obviously have careers, and one was one that uh, uh, tilled the ground, and one was one that raised animals. And so they were probably older when all this happened, and other people had been born, and that's where the people would have been from. But everyone came from Adam and Eve. And then there's another genetic bottleneck at the ark, right? You have Adam or uh, Noah and his wife and his sons and their wives. There's a genetic bottleneck there because something happened after the flood that really decreased lifespan. Um, it, it's like a bell curve. It's, it's kind of longer when they get off the ark and then it just goes down to like 70. And it's about where we're at today. Maybe we're increasing a little bit, but it won't be ever that much because um, that's just the curse of sin. So hopefully that answers your question, uh, where would Cain have got his wife, uh, where would the people of Nod have been from, it's just other children of Adam and Eve, and then they would have had children, and they would have had children, and you can only imagine how big the population would have been quickly, uh, all the way up until the flood. Do you want to explore the rich history and fascinating mysteries of the Holy Land? From the breathtaking landscapes to the hidden gems buried beneath the surface, Discover Hidden Israel 2 will transport you to places few have ever seen. With a gift of any amount to Ingrace, Jim Scudder will send you Discover Hidden Israel 2 as his heartfelt thank you. For a gift of $35 or more, you'll also receive two additional video series, Discover Hidden Israel 1 and 3. Call 800-78-GRACE or go to ingraceradio.com. 
If you want to take your exploration to the next level, with a gift of $100 or more, you'll receive InGrace's entire Israel bundle, featuring a collection of eight captivating video series filmed in Israel. To get your hands on these incredible offers, call 800-78-GRACE. Go to ingraceradio.com or write to InGrace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. That's 800-78-GRACE or ingraceradio.com. Here's another question. Since... There are a lot of psychologists and therapists that promote the self-love agenda. I was wondering if this is a humanistic philosophy or one that is scriptural. But the question continues, I've read the Bible through several times and I don't see where this is anything that is scriptural. We are selfish and must learn to die daily, as Paul says. I love it when you answer the question in the question. I love it. So I can just move on to the next one but I'm not going to. Okay, the questioner is correct. Paul did say he dies daily in 1 Corinthians 15, 31. He's teaching us to die to sin, to flesh, and to self. In Galatians 2, 20, it says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. There is a danger to self-love. Now, self-love is, this philosophy is created to solve a real problem. The real problem is insecurity and depression, okay? And I'm gonna quote someone that wrote about it. Her name is Grace Liu. She said this in an article. The headline was, not pretty enough, not smart enough, not accomplished enough. In a culture dominated by social media, these are the messages that we're constantly being fed. The destructive comparison has especially affected the younger generation and young women, contributing increasingly higher rates of depression and suicide. For victims of abuse and domestic violence, the shame and insecurity caused by others can be crippling. Self-love fights back, she writes, against shame and low self-esteem with the message that we need to start loving and accepting ourselves just the way we are, flaws and all. And I'll just stop and say this. That is the idea, and I believe in part of that is correct when the person says we need to combat insecurity uh, by accepting ourselves, okay, the way we are. We need to do that, but to self-love is the problem. Um, the, the author continues. We can't love others, the, the philosophy of self-love, if we don't first love ourselves, True confidence and security then comes from self-love. And the, the author continues to write about this, and I'm going to curtail some of the, the detail of it, by saying that there's a real problem with self-love. The problem with self-love is we're already really good at that. Okay? That's the problem. To solve the insecurity, the answer is not to love ourselves more. The answer is to see ourselves that we are made in the image of God, and in that we have value. Not, not in loving ourselves more, but understanding who we are and that Jesus died for our sins. That gives us tremendous worth. Okay, so it's understanding that God created us in his image and we need to accept the way he made us. And then on top of that, he has given us the ability to be saved by sending his son to die for us. That should solve all of depression and anxiety and uh, insecurities right there. It's to start understanding what God has done for us. Okay, the Bible says that we're all sinners, okay? So this is the reality. We've all sinned. We've all come short of the glory of God. 
Our inherent worth, therefore, is rooted in the fact that we're made in the image of God, and our value is, is since we're made in his image, and Jesus died for us, and he loves us, then we need to love God more, not love ourselves more, and love other people more. You, want, you know what will solve your depression? Start loving other people more. Start loving God more. Why? Because it changes the focus off of yourself onto other people. And now you're, I'm telling you, your depression will go away if you do that. Some people that really struggle with this, what they do is they, they donate their time on Friday nights here at our ministry where they come to our addictions program and they start trying to help people. And it suddenly switches from our focus on ourselves to our focus on other hurting people. That's the answer. That's the answer. The Bible does say in the end times, Perilous times will come, 2 Timothy 3, 1. For men shall be what? Lovers of their own selves. Here it is. That's the problem. That's the problem. We're really good at loving ourselves. We need to turn our focus and start loving God and loving other people. While the problem of the self-love movement is to solve the problems of insecurity, and that's good, Working on loving yourself more is not going to solve anything. It's probably going to make it worse. You must see yourself as God sees you. Someone that is valuable, someone made in his image, someone who he loves, someone who he died for, and someone who he is willing to adopt. Okay, that will solve all insecurity when you realize that God wants to adopt you. Where do you see that? Well, Romans 8, 15. You have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. That's the idea of daddy. Okay? And if children, now if we're adopted by God, then heirs. Not only are we children of God, but we're also heirs of God. Joint heirs of Christ. Can you imagine that? The value that you now have because you have received his love and now what you need to do is not love yourself more. You need to die daily to self, but every day you need to say, God, I love you so much. Give me someone to love today, okay? That will solve problems. Self-love is not the answer. Loving God is the answer. I hope that you have received a few answers today. But we did start off by saying, we've messed this up. We've sinned. And the Bible says there's a solution to sin, and that is that Jesus came and died for our sins. He knew no sin. He was made sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. It's by grace that you're saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. You can be saved by simply saying, I'm a sinner. I put my trust in Jesus, the Son of God who died for me on the cross and rose again. And if you've done that, the Bible says that at this very moment, you're a child of God, you're adopted into his family, you're an heir of God, and a joint heir of Christ, and you are a child of God. And you might mess up, but he has you in his hand. If you have never put your faith in Jesus, please do it today. Understand that you're a sinner. Put your trust in the Savior. Jesus died and rose again. The Son of God paid for your sins on a cross, poured out his blood. He's alive and he wants to save you. Simply trust in him and you'll be saved. We love to share adventure. And so we've done a lot of filming in Israel. And we have something called the Israel Bundle. Now, some of you can say, hey, I can give in grace 10, 20, 30 bucks, and uh, we appreciate that. 
whatever the amount is, even if it's a dollar, we appreciate that. We're going to thank you by sending you one of our most popular video series we filmed in Israel. It's called Discover Hidden Israel 2. The first one is called Ancient Secrets of the Jewish Temple. It's a really neat series that I think you'll love. And we're going to thank you by sending you that. If your gift is $35 or more, I'm going to send you two more of our Discover Hidden Israel series. So part one, two, and three will be my thank you. Now, if you give a gift of $100 or more, we're going to send you the entire Israel bundle, which includes Discover Hidden Israel 1, 2, 3, Joshua's Conquest, The Copper Scroll, Jesus' First Days, Jesus' Last Day, and The Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple. All of these exciting multi-part, full-length videos will be given to you either by DVD or digital download. Contact us today, 1-800-78-GRACE or ingraceradio.com. With a gift of any amount to InGrace, Jim Scudder will send you Discover Hidden Israel 2 as his heartfelt thank you. For a gift of $35 or more, you'll also receive two additional video series. And with a gift of $100 or more, you'll receive InGrace's entire Israel bundle, including eight video series filmed in Israel. Call 800-78-GRACE, go to ingraceradio.com, or write to InGrace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois. 60047. Thank you for joining us on In Grace Radio with Jim Scudder Jr. In Grace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio. Radio.